I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I'm Smith, as always, and I am joined by... I'm Seth, and I like the way you said welcome back, as if like we just got back from a break. So <laughs> it, it makes me feel like all of our episodes are one continuous stream of consciousness. They are, they are. Everything that happens between our episodes is the commercials. Okay, so, oh, so real, oh, that's a, that's actually a good, good, real life is the commercial. Mm-hmm. That's, that's capitalism for you. And our, our podcast is the show. Yeah, our podcast is, uh, Ellen, I guess. <laughs> it's probably the Ellen of the left. I think that Ellen DeGeneres is the closest you could possibly get to us, I think, uh, in terms of mainstream media personalities. Yeah, probably. She's the person um, that's most most like the Illinois podcast. I'd, I'd say so. Uh, to chime in on the Ellen DeGeneres uh, comparison to the Illinois podcast, we have a guest this week. Uh, he's been on before. Uh, he is the man who created our theme song. He's uh, introduce yourself. Uh, hey guys, I'm Ben. This is my third time I've been on, I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. That is and, correct. And uh, I think that's all that's interesting about me. Wow! Yeah, I was, I was. You, you ramped up as if you were about to have a big intro, and then you just left it off at nothing. But that's oh, fine. Oh, I, no, I mean, none, I, of, none of us are anything. So that's oh, I mean, I can keep going if you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, uh, so Ben, we got you back on the show. Always mm-hmm. good to have you here. Uh, wanted to uh, ask you about something. Okay. Now, you and I uh, share a common employer. We won't say who. Uh, yeah. Don't want to reveal that. But recently, the two of us worked. Uh, it's Goldman Sachs, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We were I, at the I, same event. I, yeah, I hate to admit, especially on this show, that I am an employer of Goldman Sachs. But Wait, you know, you're the employer? You oh, own shit. Goldman Sachs? Oh, yeah. Uh, the bigger cat is out of the bag now. <laughs> the bigger cat. <laughs> There's always a bigger cat in a bigger bag somewhere, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. okay. There's, there's so some two... fat-ass cats out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, you wait, two wait. Are, uh... are those who the fat cats are? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're Holy in the shit. bags right now. Yeah. That's true. And then you drop the bag, fat cats come out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And or then they land on their feet as well. Yeah. Or die, you know, uh, depending on how high, from how high you drop them. Actually, science fact here, real quick, on the Smith Science Corner. There is no maximum distance you can drop a cat from that it will die. We've tried this. It's yes. They will survive any fall. Yes. Huh? Everyone who is listening right now, try to drop your cat from as high as you possibly can. Grab it will your, not die. Grab your cat right now. Go outside. <laughs> climb to the tallest building in your neighborhood. And, ju- and just drop it. Just drop it. And be amazed. I love that the... the 
three people who listen to the show are going to be scaling buildings with cats in hand. While listening to the show. Yeah. It's already hard. It's already hard to hold a cat. It's going to be doubly hard to hold a cat and scale a skyscraper, but I believe in our audience. And listen to this podcast. You're going to be busting up with laughter so often that it's going to make it very hard for you to use your titsile strength to stay on the building. Now, Seth, what if Spider-Man is one of our listeners? I can see that. I can see Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. We should have um, one. Yeah, dude, Spider-Man, if you're listening, come on the show. We will not reveal this. We have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, we do. We definitely won't <laughs> ask you anything too too tough. We'll go soft. Okay, so again. you and Ben were at a Goldman Sachs event. What happened? Yeah, we we, we were. We were. And I know, Ben, we, we encountered each other there. Uh, and I kind of stood there awkwardly waiting for something, a, a moment when I could I could move. But uh, and I know you were probably laser focused on your job as usual, right? Uh, Yeah, if that's what you want to call it, yeah. 100% dialed in. Mm-hmm. I know Ben is a, is, is a man who comes to work and he gets the job done. That's yeah. what I know about you. I mean, it's not I, sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, if I don't, I don't get this paid. Truth. Yeah. But so you probably did not notice me almost getting murdered by the police, right? Oh, no. I had I had no idea that happened. I, well, I was literally like probably 15 feet away from you when this happened. And I was trying to walk uh, around the back of the stage, we'll say, at this event we were at. And there's a speaker talking, and he's like some important guy. I think he was like the assistant to the governor or something like that. Yeah. And... I was trying to figure out where I needed to be next. So I reached into my jacket to pull out my, my program. Uh-oh. And this cop, this like state trooper, like barked at me like a fucking dog. Like, hey, what are you doing? And I had to pause. <laughs> he had like one hand on his sidearm. I was like, I'm going to get fucking ventilated here. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should have done? What was that? You should have pulled out a fat metal finger. <laughs> Been like, hey, how about you have some of this, buddy? I just slowly open my jacket and show him that I was just trying to pull out a piece of paper Ooh, to look even at better. it. Slowly open the jacket, and then just start taking off all your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> slowly strip in front of the state patrol person. No, the true pro move would have been to slowly open my jacket and reveal the suicide vest. <laughs> And the dead man switch my other yeah. hand. <laughs> throw a uh, copy of Das. Uh, throw a copy of Das Capital on him while you're going out. Oh my god! Yeah, hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Holy shit! So that's my that's my that's the closest call I ever had the police. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mi- I must have missed all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ben laser focused. Ben was probably using his phone. No, I yeah. saw Ben. Ben was he was he was completely in the game, in the zone. Yeah, mainly I'm I'm not going to get into specifics of what I do, but mainly that day I was there to just kind of monitor and manage our employees, so to speak. Command and our control. Employees. Man, Pretty- ben, Ben's got a big big boy job. Oh oh yeah. Ben, ben Ben's fucking madman over here. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. One thing I forgot to mention is last time I was on here, I finally got a full time job. So there's that. Hey, the dream. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Ben. What's it like to be literally Don Draper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best, man. Like seriously, like a lot of people say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. They, <laughs> they can go fuck themselves because <laughs> I have literally never been happier 
than I am right now with all this money coming in. Money has literally turned my mental state 180. It's amazing. (laughs) And this, like, what what Ben is saying right now might sound like it's against the spirit of the of the millennials podcast the of the millennials podcast but it, it actually is highlighting what the big issue is is that literally having money can fix all of your problems under capitalism oh yeah it does not matter how actually fulfilled you are and you could have a terrible job that you hate you could have three terrible jobs that you hated but if you had money it makes all the other stuff in life easier mm-hmm it reminds me of all those movies from like the 90s where the main character, who's probably a white dude, his big problem is that he hates his job and his, his wife is boring. He doesn't like his kids. But he has no issues with like, you know, his health or, you know, uh, paying for anything. No, he's just bored by his job and his life. And that's his biggest issue. Like American Beauty or uh, like Fight Club or some shit. It's like, dude, I wish I had those problems. Would you guys be 100% okay if they remade American Beauty, but instead of his daughter's cheerleading friend, it was his, like, son's Boy Scout friend? Oh, God. <laughs> I think that would really highlight uh, what, what's happened to Kevin Spacey. Wait, so you uh, want to leave Kevin Spacey in the film, but cut in oh, a, a boy? Oh, Kevin Spacey still gets to be in the movie. Okay. Oh, so, so it's just going to be... He, so it's he just gonna no be- paycheck. <laughs> So it's just going to be a shot-for-shot shot remake of American Beauty, but just with that one scene changed. <laughs> with yeah, every scene that has uh, it wasn't Alicia Silverstone. Whoever played the uh, the cheerleading girl person, she's removed, and it's like Jonathan Taylor Thomas from back then. <laughs> How but are we going to get the footage, oh, Seth? That's not my problem. I'm not some Hollywood guy who knows this stuff. I mean, CGI. I know they can do it. CGI is amazing nowadays. They could totally do it. Yeah, they I mean, made sure. Jeff Bridges look younger in the Tron, the the Tron sequel. So you saw you do it with that Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, you saw Rogue One. You yeah, saw you they think? they just flat out created a new Grand Moth Tarkin. So they don't. That's true, and it looks flawless. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no so, issues at all. No uncanny valleyness at all. Now, for real though, what is JTT up to these days? Yeah, Ben, you're our JTT correspondent. What's going on with him? Uh, he is uh, living very happily at his home in uh, Costamel, I believe. Uh, he has three beautiful daughters, uh, two dogs, one cat, and one pig, believe it or not. Okay, so either Ben has opened up Jonathan Thomas's Wikipedia page, or he is making all this up, and I'm fine with either one. <laughs> You'll it's never great, know. It's a, it's a great in- outcome. Yeah. So... Speaking of of Kevin do you think, Spacey, wait a minute, one second, one second, oh, okay, real quick. Do you think it his? Do you think his house needs some home improvement? <laughs> well, guys, okay. I had fun. Uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> it's the end of the podcast. Actually, it's our last episode. <laughs> so sign off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's an ending but, about but as Kevin dark. Spacey, <laughs> Do we do we all see the uh, Let It Be Frank video? Yes. Yeah. And you saw it, right, Ben? Yeah, I saw it. Ben? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I being as someone who has used Adobe Premiere, can't you tell he made that by himself in like five minutes? Oh, he totally used iMovie for that. I could tell. Yeah, iMovie and some weird Premiere, fil- some kind of filter. The filter he put on it was just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, yeah, 
I could totally tell that it was just uh, it was just those automatic transitions from iMovie. Even the musical sting at the end was one of the uh, default music uh, pieces they have in there. I mean, of all the ways that we thought that Kevin Spacey would eventually respond to these allegations against him, did we think it would be in character as Frank Underwood in a five-minute video that was set in his kitchen that he made with iMovie? <laughs> I never would have imagined that? this. I never would have imagined this. No, we live in a very weird timeline where this is this is the actual outcome of all these allegations. I'm just and my question Kevin. is, was it worth it? <laughs> I think for us, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as a as a source of comedy, yes. <laughs> but just for a second, just picture Kevin Spacey in his home, which I assume is palatial, and he's just like. Like sitting in, in a, at a desk with his fucking uh, I don't know Apple what is it called an i iBook or something uh, MacBook MacBook and he's just fucking using he's using his iMovie or whatever to make his fucking video by himself in his <laughs> <Yeah>. home. <laughs> I imagine no he's help. like commenting on it. He's like, man, this is like really good. He's like, man, I could be an editor. I could actually edit shows. That's his next <laughs> like, pivot is to editing. Yeah, he's like, this is so easy. like it's all one shot and all the music is there for me already damn this is a dope job i should have done this instead of acting it's like how come no one ever told me about iMovie before everything i need is already right here who could ask for more i'm gonna start making my own episodes of house of cards in my house and i'm gonna put a bunch of cards around it yo i want my house of cards so much i want that so bad yeah and then I'm going to invite Jonathan Taylor Thomas over and we're going to do some home improvement. Oh my god. <laughs> call back. <laughs> yeah, call back to four minutes ago. <laughs> four minutes. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, people, uh, I, I do a lot of the speaking of, but speaking of guys who came back from, or trying to come back from their uh, uh, sexual misdeeds, we got to talk about Louis C.K. people. Yeah, the uh, the right has a new face, and it looks kind of like a lot of their old faces. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Ben. But this is actually the thing we did bring Ben on. He he is our Louis C.K. correspondent. So I'm gonna let Ben go first on this topic. Uh, tell us about what's going on with our our uh, redheaded boy. Yeah, our baby boy. Uh, yes. Yeah, so at, some of you may not know, but at one point, me and uh, Seth, uh, I don't know if we were or still are uh, big fans of Louis C.K. I know the whole uh, uh, the whole thing that happened a year ago when it was revealed that he was actually kind of a shitty person, kind of put a damper on all of this. Uh, he's been trying to come back. He, uh, he's, he started doing stand-up again, and one of his sets... Uh, leaked onto YouTube. Uh, a, a whole 50-minute set leaked, but the only part that's really getting any coverage is a two-minute piece where he basically... Uh, hold on. I got some of the transcript right here that I would like to read off to oh, you wow. guys, if you don't mind. This is the most repaired anyone on the Illinois podcast has ever been for anything. That's true. <laughs> I literally pulled all these up like an hour before we started recording. I oh just... my god. This is your podcast now. <laughs> You own this. I'll give you the fucking SoundCloud password tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we got it right here. It says, 
I was kind of excited to be in my 50s and see people in, in their 20s and be like, you're crazy. These kids are nuts, but they're not. They're fucking nah. You know, that, uh, you know, how Louis, he just makes noises all the time. That's yeah, shit. Yeah, that's like kind of how he like impersonates an entire group of people. He just says some weird sound and it's like kind of funny. And then you're like, oh, I guess that is what they're like. That, yeah. That's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're just boring. Just fucking like, what, what are you? An old lady? What the, like... That's not appropriate. Fuck you. You're a child. Why aren't you finger fucking each other and doing jello shots? Like, <laughs> and then he goes on to uh, just kind of make fun of trans people and uh, the basically. He never says the Parkland kids, but he basically insin- insinuates it. Like, you're young. You should be crazy. You should be unhinged. Not in a suit, saying I'm here to tell you. Fuck you. That's not interesting because you went to a high school where kids got shot. Why does that mean I got to listen to you? Why does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way, and now I got to listen to you talk. Yeah, real, real great comedy. Okay, there. Ben. Now, Ben. Now, can you read Louis C.K.'s monologue? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Neither of those were your prepared statements. What did Louis yeah, say? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what he said. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. Here's what Louis said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Interesting <clears throat> material from Louis C.K. Um, and, yeah, as, as Ben mentioned, me and him, um, I mean, I if I had to put a label on it, I would say that pre this past year, Louis C.K. was my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. Yeah, same here. Um Honestly, I think, I mean, all of his old specials, every single one of them is incredible, in my opinion. Um, withholding to his new stuff. Um, and yeah, I gotta say that this this new stuff he's doing, I didn't hear, um, Ben, you just mentioned that apparently it was like a 15-minute set. We only heard two minutes from him. I've only heard, the, I didn't even know there was 13 other minutes of um, his material on there. Oh, oh um, not, not 15, 50. 50? A whole 50-minute okay. so set. So I didn't know that there was... I didn't know there were 48 other minutes on there, so I don't know what he said in that time um, that could have in any way um, rectified anything that he said here. But I gotta say that pre all of the sexual misconduct stuff, um, Louis C.K. was primarily a, a great comedian because he could tell a down-to-earth story and it would land. And he was also he would I, I would never call him like a leftist, but he was pretty he was generally very open-minded free-thinking you know not racist not misogynist all that kind of stuff really good stuff that you know just people should be right yeah um and that 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 was the thing uh back in his old specials uh yeah he he was kind of like george carlin in a way which makes sense because that's practically his idol instead of uh he, he he would he would punch up you know you attack the people at the top and with this two minutes that were leaked, it just sounds like he he's he's hitting low. He's punching down, which is something you don't really want to do as a comic, especially when you're someone who's a multimillionaire at this point. You don't want to be pu- you don't want to be punching down. Uh, it's just in my in my opinion, it's just really pathetic if you're uh, like it's just really pathetic when you're in the position that he's in. And to entertain a group of people, you got to punch down and make fun of some kids who went through a uh, traumatic experience. I, I, after listening to the whole 50-minute set, honestly, uh, I mean, there's some funny stuff in there. I listen to it, and I see, I, I think the old Louie is in here somewhere. But he's just been dealing with a whole year of a bunch of, uh, just a whole year of bitterness. And uh, 
insults thrown at him and him just being publicly shamed. So he's just, he comes off as a lot more bitter now than I think he once did. And that's saying something because he, he, he sounded really bitter before as well, but in a good way. Yeah, he, um, I don't know. And it's something I passed by, had a quick conversation with uh, Smith the other day, is, I don't know, like, I will say that in one way, I do think that this is being sensationalized as people are like, um, I know one tweet from uh, Jack Allison, a guy who I don't like at all, um, said that he was like, that Louis C.K. is basically Milo Yiannopoulos now. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. That's, That's going way too far. I don't think that one comedy set can put you on that level of Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, yeah, yeah. But I will I will say this. Um, if that is a strategy, let's say that, that that tweet is entirely right and this this is some new strategy Louis C.K. is going for, it's... I, I, see, I see what he's trying to do, if that's what he's trying. He is trying to find out what's the quickest way for me to get past all my misconduct stuff without actually apologizing for it. Without a- actually making any... Um, facing any of his demons and becoming better, he's like, oh, I can just go to the to the right wing, to crazy people, and they'll accept me immediately. Um, they, they they probably even like me more for the stuff that I did, and I can make easy jokes for them, like jokes that don't even require any brain power, and he can start, you know, make, making stand-up again and doing stuff like that. Pretty I can see that being a strategy. I don't think, just from what I've heard, I don't think that's his, like what he's doing right now. I think he's testing this kind of stuff because he's trying to see what he can do to actually get back. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see the strategy there. Yeah, it definitely sounds, uh, the whole set, it sounds a little rough around the edges. I mean, there's good stuff in there. But, you know, listening to a stand-up now under this new context that we have uh given what we know about him now, and just some of the material now is insanely awkward and... Uh, but yeah, I don't think he's intentionally trying to get on the right wing side of things. But it's just that, you know, people on that side, they're like, oh, uh, why, are you, why are you guys getting mad? It's comedy. Uh, it, it, it's, it's free speech, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that in comedy, nothing is really sacred. But at the same time, I don't. I reserve my right to still find some jokes funny and other ones not, and I didn't find his jokes funny. Like, he, I, the whole thing with him being like Milo Yiannopoulos is this sounds like the kind of right-wing talking points or, or, or humorous stuff that a person like Milo would say, but Louis C.K. knows how to construct a joke out of it. It's just that I don't find the subject matter funny. It's like, there's a million things you could joke about that aren't this, this is not relevant. Why are you talking about it? And so, uh, I just felt I feel like he needs to find better. He needs to find better material. And and really, maybe Louis C.K. needs to stay gone a little bit longer than he, than he has. Right? Like maybe maybe stay out of the public eye for a couple more months to a year, and then test the waters later when you've done some actual thinking. Yeah, I'm yeah. Su- I'm surprised he hasn't really come out with an official. Like apology. I mean, he came out with that apology about a year ago, but it just kind of read off as, uh, I have a lot of power in this industry, and I didn't realize that I was abusing it. It just kind of sounded like he was bragging more than anything. And even in that full set, he opens it up by kind of just like playing it off. He opened it up as like, so how was everybody else's year? I lost $35 million this year. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. And that, 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 that's a good, that is like the, 
the very first line of that is a good way to start a set if you're about to do an hour of self-deprecating, I'm an asshole comedy, where you actually do a genuine apology somewhere in there. But we didn't get that. And that's the thing I'm most disappointed about in Louis. Is it's not that he's like making these low-ball jokes or trying out a new market, because that's something that people do all the time, whether I agree with it or not. But I, what I don't like the most is that... Um, like we said earlier, his his whole career, he's prided himself on being very honest, very open, and all of a sudden when this happens, he's n- he's not willing to get on stage and actually say something meaningful meaningful about the situation. He's shying away from all of it, and I, I honestly think that if he if he were to wait longer, he should have waited like another year, maybe half a year, and then he could have come out with a fucking hour of material where he just does it. He lays it all out and says, this is what I did, this is why it's wrong, and goes from there. But instead, he's doing, you know, he's done these small sets in, like, different comedy places. There was the, the thing a, a couple, I think it was like a month or two ago, where he comes out and this girl just yells, pull your dick out, and then, like, um, basically the set ended there because there's no no way for him to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, I think that's what he needs to do. Like, if he's going to shout this new market, then obviously I'm not going to support him anymore. He's just, he's lost it for me. But if he wants to actually get what I would believe to be his core fans back, he has to do the complete, I'm an asshole, here's what I did, here's what I did wrong, and here's where I'm going to go from here, apology. Other than that, I don't see a way for him to actually make it back into business. Yeah, I feel like someone who he probably needs to learn from is uh, Dan Harmon. I don't know if you guys remember this, but about a year ago, uh, an accusation came out against him from a former co-worker of his saying that he would constantly uh, flirt with me. And when I didn't... uh, when I didn't give it back to him, he he would get angry and kind of flip out. And then Dan Harmon opened up an episode of his podcast, Harmontown, talking about all that, saying I wasn't in a good place at the time. I know I was married, but I she was beautiful and I was just insanely jealous and I didn't handle any of that well at all. And it was just such a pro it was just such a great apology that the woman who actually accused him of it actually publicly forgave him. So I feel like Dan Harmon is someone to a watch and learn from when it comes to a public persona giving a uh, public apology. I will say that um, his whole thing about our Louis CK's whole thing about how he lost thirty five million dollars. There is some truth to that, right? Like right before the accusations came out, he had invested like basically all of his money into a movie that then didn't get released, or did, did it get released? Uh, no, it, ne- it no. Not widely released. I'm sure you can find it somewhere, but it never got fully released. After the news came out, FX dropped his show. I think uh, I think some streaming channels took his uh, stuff off. I don't know if Netflix any, yeah. ever took any of his, his stuff off there. but Netflix took off his most recent special, 2017. I don't know if they ever put it back on. I know that after popular demand, they put his episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee on. Because when they initially uploaded it, they didn't put his episode on there. But then they did put it on. Um, and then I think they also cut off. Because I think he had a deal for one more special with Netflix. And they cut that deal short as well. Because I know that some people were saying their theory was he's trying to get in on this right wing comedy grift because he needs money badly. Uh, because he basically spends it all and has no other sources of income, really. He and is so kind of dumb with that stuff. He, he self-funds a lot of stuff on his show. Uh, really incredible television program he made well it wasn't television it was just something he released on the internet for nobody um called horace and pete which was 
an incredibly well-made show with an insanely good cast. He funded it all himself. It was, like, him and, like, Steve Buscemi and, like, fucking Laurie Metcalf and, like, incredible actors for the show that no one's going to fucking watch. And then, so he self-funded that, and then he ended up self-funding some specials and then self-funded this new movie. So, it was, it, yeah, it was, he, did, he lost a lot of money betting on himself. Uh, because there's somebody else who's been trying to sort of, like, peek in around the corners of this whole thing again. That's Aziz Ansari. Um, who, have y'all seen what he did recently? No. He had, like, an interview where he was making jokes about stuff. And one of his new uh, uh, things he's trying to, to try out is kind of a Louis C.K. thing. Where he's saying, oh, those, those darn kids, aren't they crazy, you know, with their whole, uh, like, social justice warrior joke t- type stuff, right? Like... Oh, they care about all this dumb stuff when they should be like drinking and so- all that kind of stuff. And yeah. It's like not How, great. That's, I didn't hear about this, and that's just shocking. Because like Louis C.K.'s comedy, like we just talked about, wasn't um, really in line with his behavior. Um, but Aziz's is really not in line with like millennials suck humor. No, that is not, not him at all. If anything, he is the quintessential millennial hero. Him and uh, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, both of them. Yes, John Ralphio, his Christian name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, John uh, Ben Schwartz Ralphio. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like well, one of those actually, it's where... John Ben Schwartz, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ralphio. <laughs> Well, like there was, there's another comedian, like a small, like, like D-list comedian called named Jamie, Jamie Kilstein, who was yeah. like a, a feminist uh, comic or whatever. And then he got fucking Me Too'd hard. And he like reinvented himself as an, like an alt-right guy, like came out of the, uh, uh, came back out, out from the cold as like a straight up like neo-Nazi uh, uh, comedian. And he's been bombing hard ever since. And I, I, I hope this is not the course that more of these people are going to take. When they get, you know, when, when someone finally calls them out on the shit they've been doing, I hope they're not going to take the easy way out, which is to appeal to the, the right wing. I'm also su- very surprised about Aziz's thing because his Me Too was very short and everyone ended up on Aziz's side of the end of that, pretty much. Of being like that it was a story that was headhunted after and wasn't e- and was like editorialized to the point of no end. So I'm True, very surprised I mean, by him. He has to stay out of the public eye. I mean, he's done. He did after the um, the storms in North Carolina. He did a bunch of comedy shows out here um, for charity. Um, yeah, almost went to one which of is them. a very good way to improve your public image. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, so yeah, that's, that's weird from him. I gotta just think. hope hope our comedians don't don't go down that road. I hope John uh, John Mulaney stays a good boy for the rest of his career. I don't know if John Mulaney knows how to sexually harass somebody. No, it's not in him. He's not physically capable of of hurting anybody. Yeah, we need we need John Mulaney, Chris Rock, and Dave Chappelle to, to to stay clean. Yeah. Now I heard that Chris Rock had said some troubling things recently with Which with, one? with regards to Louis C.K. No, he didn't. I didn't re- hear, I- he didn't really say anything like it didn't really say anything. People were getting on to him for a clip that was released about uh, six years ago. It was a it was a four person interview. It was Chris Rock, Louis C.K., 
uh, Ricky Gervais and Jerry Seinfeld. And then uh, Louis C.K. just started throwing the N-word around uh, just all casually. And people were getting mad at Chris Rock for allowing Louis to throw it around. And even then, people kind of started getting on Jerry Seinfeld's side. Because at one point, when they were talking about using the N-word in sets, he was like, it was like, I... I don't agree with the humor involved in that word, nor do I seek it. And people are like, man, Seinfeld is woke as fuck. I think uh, Jerry Seinfeld didn't actually do anything. He didn't like do anything wrong, did he? I think he got me too, did he? No, no. His only crime was was actually being in the room in that clip. And even then he didn't do anything wrong. What if he's been on that whole, like, I won't do colleges because kids are too sensitive thing? thing okay. Not an actual, like, crime. I've got comments. We've talked about this before, I think. But I just got, I just have a quick comment. Jerry Seinfeld, I have watched a lot of your stand-up comedy. And there is nothing about it that is not politically correct. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's honestly, I mean, hey, he's a funny guy. He's made a lot of money being funny. But honestly, your comedy is kind of boring. And it's like something that people found funny in the 90s because there wasn't a lot to joke about. Damn, um, Jerry, come on the show. Squash this beef with Seth. Please, please do. So I do not know what jokes you're telling these days that college kids are all up in their arms about. But college kids don't want to hear a 70-year-old billionaire talk about the bird that his mom owned. I'm sorry. That's just not... It's not that it's not politically correct. It's just that it's fucking lazy. Did you know that... Uh, a- the- this year, uh, that I saw a list of uh, the top grossing uh, comedians of 2018. Number two was Kevin Hart. Number one, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry making, Seinfeld. Yeah, making $35 million the, this year. What the fuck shows is he playing? I, I, I don't know. I think he's got a, Net, he's got a Netflix show. I, I don't know Netflix, what else he's doing, doing. He had a Netflix deal for two specials. He's released one of them. Uh, comedians and Cars Getting Coffee got picked up by Netflix. They paid him for that as well. Um, he made a show at one point called Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and su- surprisingly, one of the most popular shows of all time still makes him a lot of money. I think um, I've heard of this show. Yeah, so yeah, he gets money from that. But the fact that he made more than Kevin Hart is fucking surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, the other- Kevin Hart is in everything you fucking see. He's like Tiffany Haddish. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie's bullshit, by the way. Don't see it. <laughs> Wait, 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 what movie is can this? We do, can we do a quick review of Night School? Oh, go uh, for it. Yeah, uh, so I take it I'm the only one here who's seen this movie. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so Night School is basically, uh, the best way I can uh, describe it is, uh, what if we get a bunch of old Viners together and they write a movie? That's basically what this movie is. It's, it's humor dedicated to... Uh, People who would be like really into Vine or that TikTok app. Uh, you guys still there? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My my thing got disconnected for a second, but back to the uh, review. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's not funny. It's not funny at all. Yeah, I noticed like in the trailer for the movie, it's like okay, so he's like going back to get his. GD or some shit and then all of a sudden they're in a boxing ring and tiffany haddish is like beating him up I'm like what do these two events have to do with each other at all uh i i watched the movie and even i don't really know okay cool yeah um so that's the millennials review of night school it's apparently not that good oh no, no is no. kevin hart going to become the next 
uh, Kevin, uh, what's his name? James. Uh, James. Well, I mean, he's, um, ar- he's he's already halfway there. His name is also Kevin. That's true. Oh shit! Yeah, he's halfway there, and uh, they're. Yeah, I guess they've got some similarities. I would say that uh, Kevin Hart has an edge in that in the time that he's doing all these like pretty shitty movies, he's also still making stand up and is selling out, you know, the biggest stadiums in uh, the world. So That's true. He's uh he is he's still got that for him and uh he's still kinda funny. I think his I think his new stuff is still at least passable. It's not as good as his first special, but it's good. I mean I will say that I, I like Kevin Hart, I like his comedy. I think he's pretty I think he's a pretty funny dude. Uh, but I, the, the movies I see him appear in, I just worry that one day I'm going to look up and he'll, he's going to somehow be in like the Paul Blart remake. Yes, Paul Blart three with Kevin Hart. But just don't <laughs> even just don't even mention it. Just have him in there playing Kevin James character. Just make no yes. mention to the fact that he's now five foot three, black and uh, a lot skinnier than Kevin James was. Zookeeper two with <laughs> Kevin Hart. Yes. Dude, Kevin can wait. The remake. Kevin can wait. Oh, uh, hey, um, Kevin's heart can wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last Kevin's heart gave out, so we had to get a new one. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh man, that was uh, that was dark. Uh, don't die, Kevin James. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Kevin James, make some more stand up. Wait, he made a stand up recently, didn't he? Did he? Ben, didn't he make a stand up recently? Kevin James? I don't know about recently, but I do know that he has at least one special, and I went back and watched it the other day. I still think it's really funny. Oh, no. Yeah, I was about to say, his the one special I've seen him from, like, fucking early 2000s or whatever, it's actually pretty funny. I like it. But no, I'm pretty sure he just did a Netflix special. I'm going to look this up real quick. I'm he, pretty sure he did. He either did a Netflix special. I know he's done a few of uh, a few Netflix movies. I know him and Adam Sandler, they struck a deal and they made a few well, movies. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do something new. About his stand-up. But yeah, let's see. So, Ben, how do you feel about Batman, the movie from 1989? Oh, uh, I think it's a a quintessential classic that uh, has not really aged necessarily well. I still think the performances in it are very good. but And I still love all the practical stuff they did in it. But I think that when you compare it to The Dark Knight, now that we have that, uh, I just feel like... I think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's as good as it once was when it was the only batman thing that we had people were like oh this is great we can never never go past this then the dark knight came out and it's like we did indeed pass it i watched it the other night and there's this incredible moment where uh, jack nicholson uh, uh before he is the joker in case you don't remember this movie he's like super vain is his thing he's like a crazy guy who's super vain about his looks yeah yeah he's like looking into a mirror and it's like his blonde girlfriend is like you look fine and he looks back at her and he says i didn't ask and it was like <laughs> just an incredible line wow, just that's amazing oh uh, that's just incredible that that's great jack nicholson's the best um update kevin james did, did do a special last year it's oh. called never don't give up and i'm gonna check that shit out soon actually let's stop recording right now yes. and just watch it and just do let's, running commentary over it let's all no no no. let's all pause watch the whole thing and then do a review <laughs> then come back talk about <laughs> i'm it. gonna tell y'all i did not know kevin james did stand up at all oh yeah i mean legit his first special what's it called uh sweat the small stuff yeah um it's it's actually fucking good i, I really th- i think okay. it's very very funny yeah i was really surprised when i, I first just watched it well they can be both 
Oh, yeah, but I, there's like some comedy guys who are just actors, you know, they don't do stand up at all. Yeah. I think, yeah. right? That exists. Yeah, there's I believe. plenty. Um, but yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a Martin Lawrence type, you know, he like he he did stand up, but you probably know him more for his movies. Mm-hmm. True, true. Now, when are we going to get The Rock to do a stand up? Why doesn't he? He he can say literally anything up there and we, we people be like, "Oh, this is probably funny." <laughs> Yeah, and, and guess sheer what? size. Oh, and guess what? If, if it's not fucking funny, why doesn't he bring out his best friend, Kevin Hart? <laughs> Boom. Just you pull- have the fucking best working comedian in the fucking world. Just pull him out, put him on your shoulders, and do a little dance. And you're oh my good. god, like fucking Master Blaster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just pull him out of your pocket. Sure. Why not? That's where he could fit, probably fit there. Yeah. Uh, So I want to talk about a serious political thing for a second, y'all. Okay. Okay. I want to to bring politics into into our show. Uh, This is a a story from the New York Times. I'm going to go ahead and give you the title real quick. So you go ahead and set the stage for everything I'm about to say. Wielding rocks and knives, Arizonans attack self-driving cars. Nice. So it's finally (laughs) happened. It's come to this. Um... So it says right here, this is, this is, a, this is an article about uh, how in, it looks like a, a, a town called Chandler, Arizona, people are not happy with uh, Waymo driverless cars, yeah. which is a company that came out of Google. Um, mm-hmm. People are like bodily attacking them. And it starts off with, the assailant slipped out of a park around noon one day in October, zeroing in on his target, which is idling at a nearby intersection. A self-driving van operated by Waymo, the driverless car company spun out of Google. He carried out his attack with an unidentified sharp object, swiftly slashing one of the tires. The suspect, identified as a white man in his 20s, then melted into the neighborhood on foot. So this is what we're dealing with. There's, we're, people are slashing tires on driving co- driverless cars, y'all. That's kind of cool. Yeah, this sounds like something straight out of Futurama. Oh, dude, it's going to get better. Just wait. Uh, Some people have pelted Waymo vans with rocks, according to police reports. Others have repeatedly tried to run the vehicles off the road. One woman (laughs) screamed at one of the vans, telling it to get out of her suburban neighborhood. A man pulled up alongside a Waymo vehicle and threatened the employee riding inside with a piece of PVC pipe. And one of the more... (laughs) For the, our listeners who don't know what PVC pipe is, I'm not sure how you'd hurt somebody with it, but I guess you probably could. You try hard enough, you can hurt somebody with anything. Yeah. That's true. Uh, it says right here, in one of the more harrowing episodes, a man waved a 22 caliber revolver at a Waymo vehicle and the emergency backup driver at the wheel. He told the police that he despises driverless cars, referring to the killing of a female pedestrian in March in nearby Tempe by a self-driving uh, Uber car. Which did happen. And, but just this dude is like going to shoot the car. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I need to see more great. of this. Especially with drones. Get those things out of the sky. Oh, for sure. Or use them to shut down major airports like what happened in Britain recently. Or. Yeah, apparently, it's, it can just happen. Yeah. Or, hear me <laughs> out. Okay. Turn the drones and the self-driving cars against each other. And then let them fight. Mm, have a land-air battle. Yes. <laughs> just have the drones fly into the cars. Just kamikaze attack them. <laughs> I mean, y'all, listen. We're joking. This is going to be the future in like five years. We know this, right? Yeah. There'll be That's hackers true. out there. I mean, I'm pretty sure that by 2022, the primary job in America will be attacking driverless trucks and looting their contents. 
Yeah, it's gonna be big. Um, but I hope. I mean, I mean, the hope obviously will never it won't happen because of um, capitalism. The hope is that this will make people, the capitalists, not want to use any of these automated vehicles and preserve all these American jobs that are um, that rely on uh, vehicles like truck drivers um, well, and things like that. Well, look, I'm all for automation, but not automation under capitalism. Yeah, I'm all for automation if you know everyone's still being taken care of. Uh, in okay. fact, I just. I just watched, um, I'm going to go on a little tangent here real quick that we can probably do a whole podcast about, but I'm going to just talk, we did, I did a, I watched the show called The Expanse. Um, I know you're a big fan of this, Smith. I love that show. Yes, you recommended it to me. And, uh, so, it's in space, there's, there's people doing different stuff. Okay, that's all you need to know. And this girl from Mars comes to Earth, and she finds out that on Earth, most jobs are all, are like all stuff it's like all automated but everyone's taken care of they get you know all these benefits from the government you know universal basic income and it's like man earth sounds fucking dope and then she goes out on earth and realizes that everyone's fucking homeless and you have to fucking sell your body just to get medicine for children and that's what i think this is all gonna turn into oh yeah everywhere on earth in the expanse looks like Amsterdam from the wire Yes, and if you haven't seen The Wire, then be ashamed of yourself. I am I am very ashamed of myself, yes. <laughs> but I do love this right here. This is a quote. It says here, There are other places they can test, said Eric Opolka. That's not a real name. <laughs> Opolka is not a real <laughs> Can't be. It's not possible. Is that an alias of a Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> Oh, man, it definitely could be. This is his new tour. <laughs> it says that he was issued a warning by the police in November after multiple multiple reports that his Jeep Wrangler had tried to run Waymo vans off the road. In one case, driving head-on towards one of the social vehicles that was forced to come to an abrupt stop. Okay. Um, his wife, Elizabeth, admitted in an interview that her husband, quote, finds it entertaining to break hard in front of the self-driving vans, and that she herself, quote, may have forced him to pull over so she could yell at them to get out of her neighborhood. I love the fact that she's just yelling at this robot. <laughs> and I also like to think that the robot actually has a soul, but it can't do anything but what the capitalist told it to, so it's just sitting there being yelled at, and it can't do anything to fix it. Yeah, exactly. The, all robots are in the sunken place. Now, here's one guy that we, you're going to like, Seth. Or then you, I mean, you may as well, Ben. Uh, quote, people are lashing out justifiably, said D- Douglas Rushkoff, a media theorist at City University of New York, and author of the book, Throwing Rocks at the Google Bus. He likened driverless cars to robotic incarnations of scabs, workers who refuse to join strikes or who take p- place of those on strikes. All right, that's this is this story just gets the the more you read it, the more inspiring it becomes. Yeah. Um, it says right here that uh, by the way, the the people who drive the Waymo vans or the guys who sit behind the wheel and like make sure they they don't do anything crazy, uh, are not allowed to call the police, like like per their contract. They have to call their supervisor, who can then maybe call the police. That's hilarious. 
Like, so this like, dude, this dude's like getting fucking ass blasted on the side of the street by a bunch of random Arizonans, and he can't even fucking call for help. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> like, how fun upset were we? Not only did we invent a, a, a robot car, we then put a person in the robot car who can't get fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> he can't his even name, just be the robot. His name is like Josh, and he's calling his manager, whose name is like. Rebecca and he's like Rebecca can you help me and she's like there's nothing I can do I'm sorry you just gotta get beat with PVC pipe for the next year I'm sorry that's gonna be man mm. so yeah uh, Arizona hardcore not accepting driverless cars and yeah, uh, solidarity with Arizonans yeah good on them good on them go Arizona what are they the Razorbacks something like that yeah. Di- Diamondbacks sure. I think uh, Cardinals. That's Arizona, right? I Don't think, know that team. I, I think there's also the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's a, that's like a type of snake, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I know this. I, I don't like sports. Exactly. How do I know this? I don't know anything about most stuff. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a good way to look at the world. Basically, is like to admit to yourself, I don't know shit about most things. Yeah, pretty much. I just I just say things sometimes and just hope I'm right. Oh, I do um, all the time. Quick detour to the NBA corner, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we reported on uh, Steph Curry not believing in the moon landing, and uh, which of course he has said, "Oh, I didn't mean it. It was a joke." And then, you know, he accepted NASA's invitation to have his family come and look at everything they have there. But the other day he played a game in uh, Sacramento against the Sacramento Kings. And for their intro video, instead of doing their players, they did footage from the moon landing. <laughs> and Seth Curry had to watch it. He, he laughed the whole time. He had a good, he had a good sense of humor about it. He, he laughed the whole time. And I just thought that was a great little uh, little shade moment they threw at him for his comments on the moon landing. I mean, really, if you go if you take the movie Interstellar to be uh, gospel for the future, Steph Curry is just ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, Here's the thing for me about Interstellar. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Interstellar real quick. Can we talk about Interstellar real quick? Yeah. Uh, sure. It sucks. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Who agrees? Uh, it, I, I mean, I will say that since I watched it, my estimation of it has gone down. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. You, you man, you're a man who made The Dark Knight... And Inception, which is a movie that I came back around on. Is Interstellar any good? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that movie is nowhere... Like, it, it doesn't belong in Christopher Nolan's fucking uh, filmography. It's bad. Real it's quick, I'll, like, I'll give you $10 if you can tell me what happens in Interstellar. So, they, I'll tell you one thing. They, they didn't need any more TVs. They needed more corn. <laughs> they only said that in the trailer 8,000 times. Um, and then, so they didn't need any more TVs, so, Mm -hmm. since they didn't need TVs, Matthew McConaughey gets in a spaceship, and goes to this big wall of water, and is like, damn, that's hot, let's get out of here. Um, you skipped half the movie, but okay. They warp, they warp 45 minutes of runtime. Shut up! They warp (laughs) into hyperdrive, and they go to the next planet, and Matt Damon is... Why does no one talk about Matt Damon in this movie? <laughs> this is this is the one thing I've said since the day the movie came out. Is is Matt Damon in that movie? I still don't know. You're thinking I, of The Martian. 
And yeah, so that's the thing is it's his character from The Martian. They meet up with him on Mars, and he's like, "Guys, I need to do this by myself. That's this just let's cut this out of my movie. That's why you don't see it in The Martian." And then he like tries to kill Matthew McConaughey, I think, um, because he's like supposed to be a good guy, but he's not. Um, and then they go back, and then like his daughter is like on a staircase made of like interdimensional tears or something. And then he's like, "Bald, oh, please, you grow up so fast. Come back to me." And then like. I think in the end, they realize that space is actually just time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that what happens in that movie? Yeah, you've you've left out massive portions of it. Yes, that's what happens. <laughs> you left out a whole like two and a half hours of it, but yeah, you're welcome. You talk, you talked about one of the three planets they went to. <laughs> you mentioned one character from the space mission <laughs> out of like four. Oh my god. But yeah, Interstellar, uh, not good. <laughs> I yeah. Maybe I should watch it again at some point, but I remember afterwards being like, eh. Yeah, when I revisited uh, Inception, I liked it. But then yeah, everyone liked the movie besides me. Um, whereas Interstellar kind of has people Inception? on the about it. Yeah, Ben, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen a Christopher Nolan movie since The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, uh, Inception was between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So. Oh, you said Inception. Oh, uh, it, it's fine, I guess. I, I don't really know. It's been like almost 10 years since I've seen it. Yeah, same here. I rewatched it a couple months ago, and dude, it's actually really good. Like, yeah. I was surprised at how good I found it to be after I was done. Because when I first saw it, I was like, this is all hype. But it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I, like it. I remember really liking it when I first watched it, but I've just never really had the urge to seek it out and watch it again. Yeah, I say revisit it if you got time. It's it's pretty good actually. Okay. <laughs> so that's our review uh, of Christopher Nolan. I have not watched what's his other one? Uh, Dun- oh, what's it called? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. I haven't watched that one. Anybody watch that? Yeah, one? I haven't watched that one. Me either. Wow. Okay, well, um, we all know his best movie is Dark Knight Rises. So. Uh, of course. Next. Yes. Uh, Wait. Thank you. In the word and what Hold the kids on. say. Thank you. Next. Uh huh. Uh <laughs> oh man, I remember back when Dark Knight Rises came out and you had uh uh I think it was uh Rush Limbaugh on TV saying that they named the character Bane after Bane Capital where Mitt Romney worked and it was all political. They were trying to like make us hate Mitt Romney. Yeah, he didn't realize they were fucking comic books from six hundred years ago that already had the name in there. Also, I love, the, I love the idea that people would somehow associate the, the comic book character Bane and movie character with Mitt fucking Romney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, when you look at a bald Tom Hardy in a mask and a big fur coat, the first image that came to mind was certainly Mitt Romney. And back when this first happened, I was like, man, damn, politics are crazy. This is as crazy as it'll ever get right here. This is the end point. <laughs> Right, It'll guys. never get dumber than this. Right, guys? Yeah, we, only, right? we can only go up from here. <laughs> this is surely the low point <laughs> for American politics. Surely we've jumped oh the shark by now. <laughs> oh, we did. And we just, we kept, there was like another rant and we jumped 10 more sharks. We jumped the fucking, what is it called? The mega shark or whatever the fuck his name the, is. The, the, what's it? The megalodon? Yeah. yeah, megalodon. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good we name ju- for your We jumped the megalodon. Meg. We jumped the Meg, that Ooh. Jason Statham movie. We jumped that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I heard that movie was shit. Anybody seen that movie? I haven't seen it. I heard it was like kind of weird. I haven't seen it. Ben, but did you I... see it? 
I haven't seen it, but I know it made a lot of money. Yeah, it made a lot of money, especially overseas. Yeah. I thought you see every movie, though, man. I thought you see every movie that comes out. Almost every movie. You'd be surprised. I saw God's Not Dead 3 in theaters, but not The Meg. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Ben, have you seen Aquaman? I have seen Aquaman. How wet is it? Uh, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say uh, around uh, 34. Wow. Yeah. All right. That sounds wet. Oh, it's hey, very it wet. We can get wet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but bring, bring a rain jacket when you go see this movie. I also want to... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I also want to go see... Uh, uh, what is it called? Into the Spider-Verse? I've I already seen that yet. I've seen it twice. Oh, Damn. shit. Is it good? It's it's the best Spider-Man movie. I don't know Wait, why it's better than Is it good? Hmm? Uh, I, I would say yeah, better than a better than Homecoming, honestly, in terms of wow. a in terms of a well crafted Spider Man story. I Wait, feel are like you saying it's, are you saying it's better than Spider Man three? Uh, I, I it hurt my heart to even say it or ponder it, but yes, it is better than Spider Man three. Damn. Yeah. That's not that's fucking wild. Ben, I gotta disagree because I have seen the best Spider Man movie, and it's called Venom. I watched it like two weeks ago. Oh and my it, uh, god! Is superb. Ben, don't tell me you like Venom. Please don't tell me that. Uh, I think it's fun, but I would no way say that it's a good movie. That's my opinion too. No, you said you would talk much more highly of it, and even that's a little too high of that movie. But okay, I'll. I'll accept well, you gotta what understand. About it. I have very low standards for movies. You it do. does not take much to impress yeah. me. <laughs> Did it make me laugh once? Then I enjoyed it very much. I can't think of... Th- there. I know there was one joke I laughed at in Venom, but I can't think of what it was anymore. No, all the jokes in that movie are so bad. No. I, wa- I watched it with my friend in the theater, and the- as soon as the credits rolled, the first thing he said was, that's not good. <laughs> the first thing. He didn't say anything else. That was just the first thing he said. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That was not a good movie. Um, I'm just amazed that they did a Venom movie and never at all referenced Spider-Man once. Yeah. And in the mid-credit scene, you get Carnage gets a cool pun. Why doesn't Venom get a cool pun? Is it even a pun? Why doesn't Venom get to say something like, hey guys, I'm about to use my Venom. Why doesn't he ever say that? Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) I don't think that 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 mid-credit stinger was anywhere close to a pun. Yeah, I don't know. That 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 really was like I was like and first of all, what's up with that wig? Why do they oh have Woody Harrelson that, looking so fucking weird? That 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 was awful. Ben, you're in show business. What's your opinion on that wig? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh it, it's it's step the worst kind of wigs are the ones that are they, they're incredis they're incredibly noticeable as a wig. If you look at it and the first thing you think is that's a wig, then it's an awful awful wig. I like this setup we have now where we talk about something and then we ask Ben his opinion on the most minute part of it. <laughs> like, I, I would never have known that Chris Evans is wearing a wig in the Mar- in the Marvel movies, right? I didn't know that until someone told me. That's a wig? Like, that wig. Yeah, dude. What? He's like halfway bald. What? <laughs> That's a hairpiece, dog. That's you're, wild, isn't it? You're blowing my mind brain. right now. Captain America is going bald, guys. Uh, I hate to say it. Oh, man. It's a good metaphor for actual America, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, Venom was fun, uh, but not a good movie uh, at all. Tom Hardy, uh, a good actor. I like him. He's a, he's a likable guy. Put him in better stuff, people. Yeah. yeah, he's in a he's in one movie where it's just him in a truck all day. There's nobody else in the movie. It's just him. What, what movie is like, this? It's called like Block or something. But yeah, he's just he just drives a truck all day. He's like talks to his wife on the phone and like his friend or something. He's like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? He's like, I'm just driving, man. Um, and that's, that's a whole movie for that's a whole movie for ninety minutes. Yeah, have you seen it, Ben? No, but it sounds intriguing. Yeah, it is real. It's like the movie they did with Ryan Reynolds where he's like in a casket for a whole movie. This is yeah. I saw that or one. Moon. I saw that one. I really like that one. Uh you saw Moon? Yeah, I like I saw Moon. That was a good movie. Well Moon is a good movie. Well, I saw Moon and I also saw that Ryan Reynolds movie, uh it's Buried. Buried. Yeah. yeah. I really like um, I really liked it. It's just ninety minutes of Ryan Reynolds buried alive in a casket and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Doesn't he get out at the end to like go on like a rampage? No, wait, that's Kill Bill. No, when he no, yeah, he he does get out, and that's where the movie Get Out starts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the camera just pans away from the field where he's buried to the car. Yeah, the, the car starts going out. by. <laughs> yeah, and then you know what? <laughs> and then they're in the car together, and they're like, the, he's like, I love that, I love us, and then the movie Us starts playing in the house across the street. <laughs> I got Listen, five on it. Comes on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't prove that all movies don't take place in the same universe. Uh, you're right. We can't. Of course they do. Yes. All, no. All movies take place in the same universe. Every movie ever. Mm-hmm. Especially all Apocalypse movies. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, us looks kind of dope, though. This it does. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll, it'll be an Apocalypse movie? Because it looks pretty apocalyptic to me. I think it's going to be wild. I don't know about Apocalyptic, but it's going to be It's going to be wild. Yeah, I can't wait. What's it coming out? March? Uh, March, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Gonna be a, a packed, like, early year for movies, to be honest. A lot of shit's coming out. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad. The, the, the early months of the year used to get shafted. Um, but then uh, Black Panther and Get Out both revolutionized that. So I'm glad we're getting early month movies now. Yeah, it was when they released all the Shaft movies. Yes, that's why I meant when they got shafted. They really shaft. Exactly. Isn't there a, Which, isn't there a shaft coming out now well. with three generations of shafts? Yeah. It's, it's or called I imagine the, that. No, it's, it's called the Shaft and the Furious. Oh. <laughs> the Shaft and the Furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, because um, Nick... No, no, because Samuel Jackson plays... Shaft and Nick Fury in it. Okay. So <laughs> sure. Shaft and the Furious. Alright. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Oh my god. Um I think I think we're kinda done, boys. What do y'all think? Yeah. Yeah, I'm kinda tuckered out, man. Yeah, I'm it's... I'm Tucker Carlson out right now, so let's Boo. I'm all I'm fuckered <laughs> out. Yeah, I'm fuckered as shit. So yeah, let's uh, let's call it a day. Um our art was done by an enigma wrapped in a puzzle on top of a dream, on top of a wish that you didn't know you had. His name is Marcus Barkley. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, our you can find theme him song nowhere. was done by... Who's that? Who was it that did our theme song? Yeah, who did y'all's theme song? Ben, who was it? Uh, 
I don't know, some asshole. I'm not sure. That's true. Yes, Ben did our theme song. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. I'm the asshole. It, exactly, and it's <laughs> way better than it should be. I, ben, we actually are we're actually concerned at how much work you put into it. Yeah, I mean, and actually, now that we have you on the podcast, we can ask: What was your methodology? How did you choose what clips went into the song? Um, I mean, I kind of had the idea of what I wanted to do for a while, but. Yeah, I actually kind of, basically I just kind of went on iTunes and downloaded about six episodes. Just I didn't like listen all the way through. I just kind of like fast forward. Not. I just kind of fast forward and comb through bits. And then when I got to areas where I thought would sound interesting in a theme song, I would clip those out. But I got I, I got to update. I got to get you guys an updated theme song because uh, there's been some sound bits in the last few episodes uh, that wow. are kind of intriguing that I would like to throw in there. Nice. That's already. That's, damn, we're we're so interesting. We gotta say we said more shit. <laughs> ben has done more work for this podcast than you and me combined. Yes, he, he <laughs> made a theme song and he was prepared an hour before it happened, which is a, way more than any of us ever done. Our definition of prepared is is like copy pasting links into the Discord channel to read <laughs> on the yeah. on the episode. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> ben has Ben really has access to all of our all of our material before it happens. If you think oh, about wait. it. Wait a minute, Ben. Have you seen First Reformed? Uh, I I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. That movie is fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. I he- speak. Go ahead. Yeah, I heard. I heard you guys talk about it. Yes, and speaking of that, fuck Kevin Durant and First Reformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MC. Oh wait, damn it! I didn't do the clo- I, did, I did the closeout too soon. I was gonna try and transition into it smoothly, but yes, go ahead. I already said my part, Seth. Where are oh, you at? I'm on Twitter at Life of Seth. I'm ben. on I'm on Twitter at the Ben Powell, but I also have a separate Twitter account that's exclusively pro wrestling related. It's at Ben Talks WWE, and I also have a wrestling podcast called Southern Smackdown. The podcast it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Google Play Store, and Stitcher. Holy shit! Damn, he got sti- he got that Stitcher contract. Yeah, damn. It, it, it's surprisingly, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be <laughs> to get one. Nice. You yeah. can find a link to uh, Ben's podcast in the show notes for every episode of our podcast. Yeah, uh, yep. th- thank you guys. Um, I'm sure our podcast is linked on his too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> this next one will be. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing back web rings. Yeah. yeah. Podcasts. Yes, we're gonna call it a um, web ringworm. Go ahead. Um, okay, so you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Hey, Ben, do you know any of our sign-offs? Would you like to say one of them? Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. The one from Ready Player One, I know that one. I know that. Yes. We, we stopped trying to solve our problems, so we started to outlive them. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Good- goodbye. <laughs>